All right, welcome back to Podzilla 2000. And today we're going to be going over Concrete Cowboy. Yeah, I honestly, like, it's probably my favorite black trauma movie directed by a white person. <laughs> it was, it really was. It was so, like, I, I, like, I cried like four or five times watching this movie. Oh, it did you so really? Good. Yeah, no, like, I, but I, like, I grew up in farmland. So, like, yeah, that's fair. Like, animals and like livestock and like the connection between like like man and animal has always been like really important to me like i like i got all kinds of cats and shit i've had like 90 dogs my entire life like it's like it's a really really good depiction of the connection between man and animal and they even talk about it too yeah that was that was really nice um and good good start here mac uh spencer uh who's also on the podcast with us what did you think about the movie i i thought it had a great connection with man and animal uh i I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. The second time I started picking it apart a little bit more and like we're supposed to resonate with the with these characters having having this uh stables and having all these horses. But then you do realize how poorly the animals are being treated. Yeah. And that's never really like resolved. Like we're supposed like I get Animal control is supposed to be this cop and this like evil force, but they do just have a rotting corpse of a horse laying outside. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like also like, so like the counter argument to that is that like they're living the wild west life. And when a horse died, like you just let it, like you just let it rot. You know, oh, yeah, you can live the Wild West life, but uh, yeah. last I checked, that's inner city Philly. I think you got to like at least bury it. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. No, well, there's definitely uh, systems in place to take care of shit like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 as as you said at the beginning, it's a black trauma movie, and as generally as a rule, I don't watch black trauma movies because yeah, I was kind of surprised that you suggested this one. Well, it it's the one that had the most most reactions, so I just I'm a slave to the people. I shouldn't have said that. Phrase. <laughs> um, God. <laughs> You know, as, as a as a black dude, you know, watching a black trauma movie, if I want to see a fucking if I want to see fucking black trauma, I could just go outside and go downtown. And, you know, I I don't have to worry that I, I don't have to look that far. Yeah, it's being um, constantly shared on Facebook. Exactly. Exactly. So many well-meaning people that are just sharing videos of black people dying like cops are bad. Here's this black guy dying. Like, come on, guys. Come on. Um, But, you know, in, in, in general, like it was a very. It was a very formulaic black trauma movie. Um, I thought the acting was good. I thought, um, oh, dude, Idris Elba is a gem. Oh, I I would put so, money down. Like he's Caleb McLaughlin, dude. Like he's like he's he's gonna be fucking dope. Like as an as an adult actor, I think. I like, so when he was when he was doing everything at the very beginning of the movie, I was like, I don't know if I like this actor. Yeah, and then yeah, as yeah. it was going on, I'm like, okay, no, he's good. He good. Yeah. I think Smush was the most relatable character and the most developed character in the entire yes. movie. Yeah. I, I, I didn't well, I agree with that. Tertiary character. He was the only person that didn't feel like it was just a just like a MacGuffin character, just just a just a means to get to the next story beat. And it felt like Smush actually, you know, they gave him a they gave him a goal, they gave him a past, they gave him a present. Meanwhile, who else had that? Yeah. I was going to say like smush definitely carried the narrative. Um, but also like I can, I can see where they were like, it's, it is 
the same story over and over again. Like I knew the exact moment, like they're, they're leading you up for smush to die. Oh yeah. Sorry. Spoiler alert. If you're listening to this, like you probably should already fucking watch it anyways. Yeah, that's true. But like, I knew like, even whenever they were leading us up to think that he was about to die, I knew like whenever they put him in the trunk that he was going to get out of that. But whenever he pulled up and they separated like that the second time, that like it was just it was very 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 easy to call like when mm-hmm. that happened. But being based on a true story, you can't really fuck with like the narrative that much. I mean, there's based on a true story and yeah. follows a true story. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, I, I know uh, Spencer. I think that you had the most um, glowing. You uh, you asked me before even we I started yeah. the movie podcast Spencer, um you you asked me if I watched it and you said that it was it was really good so I guess what what stood out to you as as your favorite parts of the movie as you know especially because you don't really you know you don't really dive deep you said the first time that you watched it you just you just thoroughly enjoyed it and the second time you're picking it apart so based off the first time you watched it what what really stood out to you well I mean I I fancy myself you know kind of a hillbilly so I. I enjoy um, the concept of like having this communal uh, farmer rancher lifestyle in the middle of a city because that's like it's a real thing, but it's not something we're exposed to in the modern narrative and like how they kind of go into the history of black cowboys and like the whitewashing of this entire like cultural narrative that we have of the West and of this lifestyle, it's been heavily colonized and turned into the, the, um, Clint Eastwood, uh, sort of representation. Um, so I, I enjoyed that being taken apart. Um, but when you, when you watch it again for the second time, you re you, you, I did realize how formulaic it was, how kind of, uh, uh, cliche, um, and, it didn't have the same, it didn't seem like it had the same effort that a lot of those other films go into. Um, and it, it's because it was his first time directing this film. I think, um, he's not an experienced director. So he, he kind of had, had to rely on those cliches. Well, so funny is that the other thing that he, the other, like the one other director directorial credit is another black trauma movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's called the cage. Yeah. Came out in like late late twenties, late uh, maybe maybe it was like 2016, 2017. It was like a basketball. Yeah, movie I think it was. I think it was twenty seventeen. But yeah, like it's uh, it is a basketball movie about a kid like struggling in inner cities, like and he has to like put his passion in through like basketball. It's Which, it, that like it is the formula. And you know, <laughs> like I, I think you know, since it was based on a book written by a black dude, like I, I give it a little bit more credence and I never read the book. Um, yeah. So I can't say, you know, this is where they fucked up. But, um, you know, I, I think the nuance of having a black trauma story told by a black director, uh, supported by black producers, supported by a black, you know, um, it was greenlit by black, uh, uh higher ups. Yeah. That nuance is lost. Um, cause so, Mark Phillips, uh, RDC World on Twitter, um, he has this really funny, you know, he has this really funny uh, skit where he's acting, you know, like whenever whenever black people pitch a movie to to Netflix or something. And he's like, all right, so we're going to have a group of black time travelers. Oh, and they travel back in time and they become slaves. 
no, no, I didn't say that. Okay, we're gonna have a group of black people in high school. Oh, it's a basketball team. Like it's just it's just all this racist ass shit. Yeah. And that's the only thing I was thinking as I was watching this movie. And I'm like, oh God. This is this is painfully white. White people shit. Yeah. <laughs> white people shit. This is the second podcast in a row. White people shit. <laughs> okay, and- so look, I'm not gonna lie, like I did like because I watched it in the middle of the night last night for the first time, like after work. And I like went and I did like a little research into like the the back of it. And I like I I wrote my before thoughts and I was like I looked up the director and he's basically just monetizing off of black culture. <laughs> I'm not I don't feel like I'm gonna like this movie very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I ended up fucking loving it. Like I did. I I was like, okay, like he 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 told the story and he didn't he didn't make it too white. <laughs> it, it definitely it, it was kind of cool having, you know everybody be black and then you know the white man comes in and starts taking the taking the horses and everything so yeah. i spent on your on your second time watching through um what did what i know you touched on it briefly but more in depth other than formulaic what what kind of thoughts did you have on it i i didn't like that there didn't seem to be a lot of growth with ira um Elba's character like you don't ever see a fridge full of food we don't Mm -hmm. see like the healing or not healing necessarily but like like we see them happy but it he's always just this I feel like stereotypical tough black parent you do what I say and I'm not really going to give you a reason why like the, the the character who's trying to like help the community and find a sustainable ranch for him gets kicked out and like turns into the baddie. Yeah, yeah. Like they're all living in poverty. They're all living outside the law, but the one guy trying to like make money and not just like be all about horses. Like we don't, we don't see any of them having like a job or a plan or. Yeah, a, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah we do. Uh, well, we don't see them while they're working. But um, Harp, Idris Elba's character, um, he is—it's shown that he's a sanitation worker. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. is. I yeah. missed miss that. Well, yeah, so it's, it's and it's and it's like a—it's just a small thing where the, he like his son like he, Cole sees the sanitation like highlighter colored jacket. Yeah, and then his and then uh, I think Smosh at one point is like, "What you want to end up like a sanitation worker like your father?" Um, something like that. Uh, I think, huh. or maybe it was the. I also thought it was kind of kind of weird that there was a black cop as um a main man. main Dude, character and method man's like like philly country accent was on point i loved it mm-hmm. i thought he was i thought that he was i thought i thought he did an incredible job of like covering up his method man voice oh method, <laughs> method man can fucking act though. oh yeah dude like I, I i'm i fucking i'm a big wu-tang fan so i've seen all all kinds of shit that method man's in from like small like little sketches and stuff and mm-hmm. dude, dude is always better than everybody that he's in a sketch with I Why does it seem like rappers are always cops? <laughs> uh, it is kind of strange. Like you got Ice Cube, you got Method, you got like Ice everybody. Tea. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Every like it's just that's all the <laughs> Fuck the police, and then all of a sudden it's like no, no, no. Wait, hold on, let me play yeah, the police. Yeah, yeah Ice Tea, but an album or called Cop Killer, <laughs> and, then, and then made all of his money off of SVU. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, fucking H. Yeah, talk about that one. Um, so I guess you know, I, I, overall, like with the movie, 
as I was watching it, you know, I was tra- I was trying to take notes, right? Because I, I I did it with Nomad Land. I, I I do it with any movie that I'm planning on reviewing, and I only took three notes. Um, my going in thought, my closing thought, and in between that, I'm just like, yeah, good. The kids should be afraid of horses. Horses are fucking terrifying. They're not yeah. terrifying. They are yeah. huge. Have you seen these fuckers? Yeah, of course they're terrifying. I I okay. So all right, all right, all right. I grew up in a um in a, in a rural town, and uh my my mom's best friend uh growing up oh well my mom's best friend uh, uh has horses so growing up I was around horses and I learned how to ride so I I I wasn't afraid of them and then like I got bucked off too many times and then like I don't know I think I just watched a video online of somebody getting their shit kicked in by a horse and I'm like damn. I'm not doing that anymore. And like, even one of my best friends right now, Addison, they're just like, yo, you got to come riding with me. And I'm like, no, fuck no, (laughs) no. They're giant. Have you ever seen a video of horses fighting? Oh, dude, it's, it's, it's on intense. Fuck. If you can see through the dust. Exactly. (laughs) Spencer, you're from fucking California. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear. Oh, they're not terrifying. Fuck you. (laughs) I mean, I grew up riding horses too. I think, I think that they're fun. Did you um, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, since all three of us have have horse backgrounds to some extent, I think I think that's what you were saying earlier, Mac. Yeah. Yeah. I like. Uh, I like. I was never on like a farm with horses, but like, I, I like lived in an area of like central Kentucky growing up that was all like cow and horse farms. Okay. Okay. So, so- like, yeah. So like I like. I would go over to a friend's house or like a girlfriend's house. And instead of like sitting around and like watching TV or something, I would have to go and shovel shit. Oh, that God. That's so, that's so country. I love it. Oh yeah. So, so we all, we all have some sort of, of horse background at the very least or farm background. Do, do you guys feel like the movie adequately represented what it's like to care for, care for, you know, large animals or do you just, uh, cause personally it just felt like, the horses were the horses were a MacGuffin to get to the next story beat. It didn't, you know, it didn't show them really like doing anything with the horses beyond. Oh yeah, they rode him around town. Oh yeah, he shoveled out a, he shoveled out shit out of a stable. Yeah, he's gonna and break lost horse him. in the middle of the night on a baseball diamond while yeah. a bunch of what looked to be the other only white people in the movie, uh, yeah. the random baseball team that comes to play pick up baseball in the middle of the night in the hood. Um, that was hey, I'll tell you right now that that does exist. Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, uh, like, it, like in the area that I live in, man. Like, if the, if the parks got lights, like white people are out partying. I'm so <laughs> glad I live in a black neighborhood. <laughs> like Jesus fucking what, Christ! What, like, what would you do if a uh, sportacle came and was playing kickball in the middle of the night in your neighborhood, Graham? Um, I don't. Yo, at the middle of the night in my neighborhood, I hear gunshots, so I don't think I got to worry too much about that. I see. Um, I hear the gunshots too, but I'd still join them. What? That's see, white people shit. White people shit, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so I don't know, but, but it just felt like you know, if we replace the horses with you know, just let's do let's do a one to one. Let's uh, if we replace the horses with a motorcycle. And they're a motorcycle club and, you know, they're, they get it stolen. So they have to find who did it. And then, you know, they 
steal the bike back. That's that's the same fucking story. Like it, it's just such a it, the horses never felt real. They never felt like they actually cared about them. Yeah, they never felt like you know that was integral to the story. And yeah, it seems that, like they tried to combine like that movie along with the uh, oh he dies because of drug violence, and we learn mm-hmm. a, the same lesson that Paris was trying to tell us. Like they combine, it seems like they combine two movies into one while also trying to make it a documentary of this Fletcher street riding club. And if they would have just went full fledged with any of the one choices, I think it just would have been significantly better. Like if it was a story, well, I guess if they would have combined two of the three and not three of the three, like if it was a story about, you know, Cole trying to connect with his dad, well, you know, however we want to phrase that connect with his dad and they do it through horses. And you know, that's, that's the two hour movie. Okay, cool. But no, we got to throw drugs in there because, you know, we got to we got to make it black enough, which, again, <laughs> the book probably had drugs. Don't get me wrong. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm also not doubting the book was better done. I think like all books are better done. I if they had, if they had made this into a documentary, I like I probably would have felt even worse about myself watching it. Probably. What do you mean? Like like that, like documentaries like about this kind of stuff specifically, pre- like present a conversation better, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know? And so like, so like actually talking about like what's happening with this group of people from like a kind of like socioeconomic and political standpoint would be really interesting just because like, what the fuck do you do with a bunch of horses in the middle of a fucking city, like inner city neighborhood or like it's not inner city, but outer outskirts of a city, but it's like a fucking like, it's an actual like city block neighborhood. It's not like they have yards or anything. Like these horses are hanging out in the middle of the street. In their I, I guess that was kind of, that was kind of the weird thing to me. Cause I'm just like, I get it. You want to have horses. There's better ways to do this guys. Yeah. Like what do you do? You know, and, like, and you guys like, could have a legitimate, like you guys could pool money, move out of, the, and I know that was like the part of the principle of it. And, you know, that was a story that, you know, the old, um, the old cowboy said that, you know, they, they, they pushed them out and, you know, they're gentrifying all the areas. And yeah, no, it had socioeconomic and sociopolitical commentary, but it was just like baby's first time. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. It's like, like your introduction to fucked up stuff. Did you know black people are pushed out of their own neighborhoods <laughs> by developers? <laughs> Like, well, even even the way that they brought up whitewashing, which I love that they brought mm-hmm. up whitewashing, like in that campfire conversation. But like even the way that they brought that up was like kind of like elementary. You know, like what they were like, they were they were just kind of like, well, you know, like they're whitewashing us. And then he's like, what does that mean? Like he didn't hasn't experienced it his entire life. You know? uh, yeah. And, um, oh, Jesus. So I thought that that was kind of interesting, but I do like that they kind of like added that explanation. One thing that I did want to mention though, is that like in the beginning of the movie, they like, they kept on saying the phrase hard things come before good things Mm -hmm. and then never wrapped it up. Like they made it a consistent theme. And then in the end of the movie, never brought back to good things. Good things. No, I mean, it's a good thing, you know, that is, that smush got shot and you know it's a good thing well, that they the lost thing. their stables and it's right a good out. thing that they have to find new stable yeah, wait where is the good thing again? to tie the horses up on the street uh, Sp- right Spencer, you were about to say something what were you about to say buddy new location 
Say that again. The the good thing is they get to ride off into the sunset having their land stolen from them. And <laughs> it's the American dream. Somewhere bright and new as cowboys of old. That's that's <laughs> that's the only thing I could think. Like I'm like, all right, so Idris Elba gives like a really good speech at the end. Well, not really good. I think it was fine. Um gives a motivational speech at the end, just saying, you know, where were you from? Where were you from? We gonna keep going. And I'm like, okay, cool. It was simple, but like it, it did the job. Can you show us that you keep going? Like, like there's this, um, there's this trope that I've been aware of forever and a half, and I didn't know it was actually a trope. I just thought it was just a coincidence because I'm an idiot. Where, um, it, the, the trope is, you know, minorities can't be happy, uh, and that's in regards to, you know, the LGBTQAI plus, uh, POC, and you know anything else. Minorities can't be happy. You can show their pain. But the pain, the, the, the only the only time they're happy is when they're just about to have pain. And uh, this movie, like what we had, we had the happiness at the at the block party. And then a meet like what the next scene or within yeah. the next five minutes, they were losing their horses, you know. <laughs> so I it's just it's black people can't be happy. And I feel like if they would have ended it on like a, you know, actual like seeing them go to another stable and succeed or get their horses back or something that would have been great. I mean, they got their horses back. The The very last scene was them washing a horse with the mom all happy. You I, mean the horses yeah. that they stole back that like yeah. th- some of them, some of them, they stole their horses back. Where the fuck are the cops? I know. I know. I know. Method was like, Oh yeah, we're going to do real police work. Motherfucker. They're just going to go right back there. Oh, we're <laughs> missing horses that were from this specific area. Let's go back to that specific area. Oh, they're outside. Cool. Great. Now you got, now you got a felony for stealing police property. You know, well, like they're trying, they're trying to make the, like, me- like I can see like with the police officer, like the method man, like police officer, they're trying to show that there are some police officers that are like, Oh, well fuck that dude. Like there's other, like somebody got murdered. Like we need to take care of that. But what they don't realize is that they're still showing that like that good cop is corrupt. Mm-hmm. Like they're, you're still helping someone like commit a criminal act, like because you don't agree with what happened. And like, that's not like, even though it's going in the opposite way of like the way cops usually go. Yeah. It's still like a, a bad example of like being corrupt by, your own like beliefs. Well, I, I think, you know, for, for starters, all cops are bastards. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, we can, we yeah. can say that. And uh, <laughs> anybody listening to this podcast, got we just it. lost our three viewers. Well, I just, <laughs> they, uh, they're all my friends and, and they're all friends that are adjacent to mine. So, uh, Oh yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, I think we're good with that one. Exactly. <laughs> um, so like, uh, it's, with with method you know breaking the trope of well not breaking the trope like with method helping his own people uh, let's just phrase it like that with him helping his own people yeah it does show a cop that's corrupt yeah it does you know make things a little bit too too convenient but it's just like also we're looking at a prime example of in the best case scenario the system is still rigged against you but you might get lucky with a specific actor with a specific good actor coming yeah. in and helping you like the system's fucked, but they're lucky enough to know somebody on the inside. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like it gives an excuse to the system, though. I, I, and like that's a totally different conversation. Like we can do a whole other podcast on that stuff. <laughs> like, but like for real, like it it does. Like I think it just like kind of gives um gives the okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I think uh, I think we've we've hit on just about every topic on the movie. Unless anybody has any uh, last thoughts. Um, Last thoughts I, on this topic. I do want to say that I didn't know the history of the term cowboy. Oh yeah, that was really cool, wasn't it? And and like after it, even though I was tired of shit, I went on like a journey of like learning about the history of cowhand versus cowboy. And man, that's fucked. We should not be calling people cowboy. I like I feel bad kind of saying it. <laughs> well, it's I, like I, messed up. Spencer, what's your opinion on this? Because you also you're also you know in 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 some circles here. Yeah. Um. um on on I'm, calling uh, words, I don't even want to call it like a reclaimed word. Like I'm not saying like cowboy ain't nigga. You know what I mean? Like no, yeah, yeah. And and again, I hope everybody listening to this podcast remembers that I am black. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. But so saying cowboy, a phrase that like for the last at least hundred some odd, you know years has meant something just just person that has a ranch with cows what's your kind of opinion on like saying cowboy versus cow hand that that mac brought up here uh i mean i since it's not a term with a negative connotation anymore like n- nobody nobody who like works with horses getting called a cowboy is going to be offended yeah, that's true. Like I've never heard or seen like growing up in like a rural part of California, like nobody views the cowboy as a, a it, it's not a, a discriminatory word. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be getting their uh, their cowboy hat in a twist because <laughs> they're they're being referred to as something cool. It's it's always been a positive moniker uh, to have. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, it's good to know the history of it still. Yeah, uh, of course. But yeah, it, that. So I just like I had no idea about that history, and I thought I thought that was very interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. and I actually learned about a lot about just like the history of black people and just the like ranching industry. Yeah, and how, and like how how yeah, like deep rooted the black community is in like ranching's history. Yeah. I mean the black community, the Brown community, there's another good podcast out called, uh, obviously black cowboy, uh, that just tells the stories of different, uh, African American and Mexican American, um, cowboys. Like, like we hear about Bonnie and Clyde, but we don't hear, um, the story, uh, other, um, black characters. Um, so it's one, one to look up if you're, you're wanting to delve into this more deeply. Yeah. I know. I'm just interested in, I like, I really am interested, uh, in the history of that. I, uh, I know that's lame, but I like my wife and I play like Red Dead a lot. And so, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, it's not lame to play one of the best video games out there. I'm just going to look that up. But, but, but finding my interest in like cowboy history through like a video game that like, it, which tells a very, very, very interesting relationship between native Americans and 
and like outlaws. I was about to say, nah, that game's it, it, it's fucking cool to to yeah. that, that a video game has intrigued somebody like just as a concept. And I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna soapbox on this just for a quick second. Oh, it's yeah. fucking cool that a fucking video game can can intrigue somebody enough because you're you know you're a mid twenties person. And, yeah. and 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 it intrigued you enough to do some research. What about the the 13, 14, 15 year old that that that's playing these games and now sees, you know, oh, is this historically accurate? Oh, let me look more into this. Oh, let me do that. And like as a kid, I was into like medieval shit because Lord of the Rings video games. You know what oh, I mean? Oh hell yeah. So like I can only imagine it's gonna happen again and I so it's fucking cool. It's not fucking lame. Well, I think that there's a Western boom happening anyways, just like with video games like that. And with like, um, over the past 10 years, like kind of like pop directors, like Tarantino, like doing like Western adjacent or like just straight up like Western movies. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that we're going to see more of that happen as the people that are influenced by directors like that become old enough to actually fund themselves making shit. <laughs> I, I hope so. Uh, Westerns have always been one of my favorite, uh, favorite genres. Yeah. So, do you think that that's because that's one of the, uh, cause in, in our media landscape, I think we're running one, we're running out of ideas. Uh, and we're also looking for something, um, a media story that isn't, you know, quite so depressing it seems like most of the movies that are coming out these days are horrors or they're zombie flicks they're not about a bright future whereas when you go to these like cowboy stories that's a time period in american history that you can dress up to be um to have like a, a little bit less of a depressing attitude so let me let me ask this um What's the last Western movie, true Western, that you remember being happy? Because I'm gonna every Western I remember follows. It's 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 an action movie. It follows the suit. You know, character has a call to adventure. Call to adventure is normally a negative thing, or you know, like a sad thing. Like true fucking grit. It's about a girl losing her father. It's not happy. Yeah. Um, and then it ends on a sad note. And you know, three ten to Yuma, uh, one of my favorites, ends on a bittersweet note. Um, tombstone, like it just every, I can't think of a a Western that actually ends happy. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think it's not, he's not saying like the West, like the story is happy, but it's based in a time where like there, like there was everything, like things were being industrialized and like Mm -hmm. the world was moving forward. And like, there was like a lot of like hope for the future. Okay, I see what you're saying. Though. Yeah, yeah. No, and so like in that like in that that time period is just like a very like it's it's a it's a golden age that we look back like very romantically on. Rose tinted glasses, if you will. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, I I mean, I, hell, I I love westerns, and I know I know exactly what's <laughs> yeah. going on in that time period, and I uh, should not love westerns. But uh, what I'm also going to throw out there has so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree to an extent and say that westerns are coming back because i truly and honestly do not believe westerns spirit westerns are coming back but spiritual westerns you know what i mean like uh sci-fi westerns or or you know those i'm seeing i'm seeing sci-fi westerns out uh just just dropping from the heavens and those are some of the my favorite movies 
Um, I just watched one few months back uh, that was a space Western and it just, I I can't, I, I'm going to look it up um, while somebody else talks, but it was just so perfect. And I'm seeing more coming out. I think there's one on Netflix right now, like outright or out space or something like that. Uh, out, out, I don't know. Um, yeah. So I think we're seeing more space Westerns because space is the new frontier like westerners westerns were focusing on the new frontier at the time well quote unquote at the time um and we're much beyond the wild west and now all right what does what does space hold we can be excited because space is anything now do you think this might be a little off topic um but the rise of getting back into westerns and getting back into this traditional mindset do you think that has anything to do with like the rise of uh tradition the of traditionalist fascism in the united states like wanting to get back to this traditional live off the land lifestyle i personally i don't think so also the movie was called prospect um heard it's fucking fantastic um i don't think so because i think america's always had this just puritanical you know live off the land uh work will set you free kind of mindset and i don't think and you know we're looking at you know the 30 40 60 um um uh, trends coming back in because what the 60s were all westerns and well about 60 years ago it was the 60s so i i think it's more just the cultural um cultural clock coming back to it than uh anything anything of note in that regard in uh, in the socio political regard for that, honestly, we're kind of seeing a resurgence. Uh, like now that you say that, like I'm realizing that, like, uh, like there's also been like a resurgence of like kung fu movies and shit, which is also an era thing for that time. So I like Fuck I you. I really do think Love that you're right that. on that. Like we're following that like thirty, forty, sixty like time period. Because it is, it is like all of, all of the same types of like film, like film trends and like everything are, are kind of like repeating themselves right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing like what for the last, for the last decade, two decades, we've seen sixties and seventies hairstyles. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So please God, television writers do not use laugh tracks. We just got out of an era that was using laugh tracks. Just get rid of them. Oh, we're going right (laughs) back in baby. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but all right let's let's put a bow on this one so uh on, on a scale of one to ten uh what would you give this movie and would you tell other people to watch it uh let's start with uh spencer here i i tell other people to watch it i think it's one of the better uh films that came out of uh netflix's personal studio recently um so i'd give it uh out of ten i'd give it like a 7.5 wow Okay. That's a that's a big one. That's a big one. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. What about what about you, Mac? Um I would I so I would definitely suggest it because I've like even if a movie isn't technically good or I'm not saying that this one isn't technically good, mm-hmm. but or if I see issues in it or if I don't agree with something in it, if it's something that entertains me, I'm still going to pass it on to someone. Okay. Even if it's, you know, shit. Um, that being said, I would probably give it like a six out of 10 just because I thought the story was, I thought the story was great. I thought the narrative was told like in an interesting way, but I really did hate the cinematography. 
I really did. Like yeah, there were parts of it where shit. like the depth of field was so deep that it was like someone took it on portrait mode with their iPhone. Um, but I did hate it, but I did, I did write specifically. I was like the scene with Caleb and Idris, uh, sitting in the smoky room, listening to John Coltrane, whenever he told him the, the history of his name is like one of the like most beautiful shots that I've seen in film recently. And that, if they kept that throughout the entire thing, like that kind of like vibe, I think that it would have been a much better movie. I, I'm going to go back and rewatch that scene because it didn't, maybe I was just out in the movie by then, but it didn't do too much for me. Um, I just, I really liked the, like the way that it was framed and the lighting and everything was like, like extremely moody and fit like that, like the vibe of what was going on in that scene extremely well. Okay. Oh yeah, I'll go. I'll go back and watch it. And then, uh, personally, I, I, I can't recommend this to somebody because I just think they've seen. Everybody has seen it before. Um, yeah. I'll just say it's a black trauma movie with horses, and everybody will be like, "Okay, yes, I've seen this movie." Um, and as far as as far as black trauma movies go, it's it's average, you know. And as far as movies go, um, I think uh, Idris Elba. And um, the actor who played Cole that I can't remember, um, they really just put the film on their back, which which they should, because there were a lot of non-actors in the movie, which was also a cool thing. Yeah, they used the actual Fletcher Street um, uh, stable, pe- like uh, hands and shit. Yeah, you know, the yeah and it was it was really cool. Um, but honestly, I, I I give it like a four. Um, I I. If so, if somebody really wants to watch a movie about black trauma and horses, you know, hey, you you found your movie. But <laughs> overall, eh. I'll say like for a black trauma movie, this is like one of the least triggering ones, probably. Oh yeah, I mean, it didn't it rubbed me the wrong way a lot? But you know, hey, a lot. Yeah, of yeah. Do. Um, and then uh, another another thing, just to end on what what movies, what media, what um. What what are you guys looking forward to watching in the coming week? If you have anything, if not, that's fine too. Man, like like this is gonna, like I've been watching Exterminate All Brutes. I'm excited to like kind of finish that. Oh, what's that? But, like that like I, I I watch a shit ton of documentaries because I like I I work and write comedy all the time, mm-hmm. and so like I don't really ever like watch that. I like I watch documentaries almost. Like constantly, what's so I'm uh, excited to finish that. Let's exterminate all brutes. Like, give it, give, give us an elevator pitch on that real quick. Uh, basically, it's a, a documentary that tells the history of the colonization of all of the world, Ooh. um, and how like the exterminate all brutes rhetoric has been used to turn white people against uh, anybody that's not white. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds very interesting. Uh, and the about- dude, the dude that narrates it and writes it or whatever, he has like one of the scariest voices ever. Ooh. It's great. I'm. I think is that available on any streaming? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's on HBO. I think I'm watching it on HBO. Okay. Okay. I'll cool. I, I'll message you and let you know what like uh because I, I I started it like a week ago and I haven't gone back to it. Okay. I'm. I but, uh, dude, I watched like the first two episodes of it and it's 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 intense. It is very intense. I'm, I I look very much so forward to it. And uh, Spencer, how about yourself? Do you have anything that uh, you're looking forward to? The next thing that I was kind of uh, perusing on Netflix uh, was that new uh, Black Samurai movie. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. 
Hmm? Yasuke. Yeah, I think that's the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I haven't watched it yet, but that's that that's one that I've been uh, looking at watching next. Um, and it seems it. I mean, it it's great that they're coming out with all these films, but uh, like we had the Black Cowboy movie, and now we're gonna have the Black Samurai movie. Well, I don't think I don't think it's going to be about black trauma, at least for yeah. for this one. I hope not. At least it'd be really weird to have a black samurai experience, like you know, traditional black trauma. That'd be that'd be kind of yeah. unique. Racism in nineteenth uh, century Japan. Right. <laughs> oh, now you phrase it like that. But all right, um, I don't know what I'm going to watch next. Uh, it's probably going to be whatever the whatever the podcast votes on, but. Um, we are we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a good time uh remember to follow our social medias uh 2000 at 2000 podzilla on twitter and then um you can follow me personally at fat week trash uh like us on facebook uh follow us on google podcast i believe we're getting on apple podcasts uh we're on spotify anywhere that you get your podcasts we should be up by the latest next week um yeah Thank you for listening and uh, everybody have a good rest of your day. Peace. Cheers.